What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. And just like that, your favorite besties and tastemakers, Benito Skinner and Mary Beth Barone are back. Did you miss us? You know they did. Join us every Wednesday on your way to Sephora to hear our witty, ridiculous and irreverent musings on life, the universe, existence and of course what we currently ride for. You're going to absolutely live slash die for this podcast. You might even, dare we say, ride ride for it. it. Hey everyone, I'm Jacqueline Johnson, the founder of Create and Cultivate, and this is Work Party, a podcast for a new generation of women who are ditching the rule book and redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. In each episode, we bring in leading female entrepreneurs for real talk advice on the topics that matter most to the modern career woman. From hiring to mentorship to raising money and so much more, whether you are pivoting to a new industry, negotiating a raise, turning your side hustle into a full-time gig, or pitching your company to investors, we're giving you the tips and tricks you need to take your career to the next level. Are you ready to make some money moves? Well, welcome to Work Party, the podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Work Party, the podcast that's part work, part party. Work Party celebrates a new generation of women and femmes who are redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. On this week's episode and ahead of Mother's Day, we're sitting down with the one and only Julie Bowen, who is widely known for playing one of TV's favorite moms, Claire Dunphy on Modern Family. In that role, she received six Emmy nominations for Best Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series and won twice in 2011 and 2012. Julie is also a mom herself, and that role led her to develop JB Scrub, a vegan, cruelty-free, gluten-free, and GMO-free line of skin, body, and hair care products designed for tween boys from the ages of 10 to 16 with her co-creator, Jill Byron, who spent years as a beauty and fashion director at magazine titles like W, Vogue, and WWD. The line is fun and pretentious, and it works. So we're excited to talk to you today about JB Scrub and all of your amazing endeavors that led you to this point. So let's welcome Julie to the work party. Thank you so much, Jacqueline. I am very excited to be here and very anxious. Okay, don't worry. It's going to be easy peasy. By the time we end, you're going to be like, oh, that's it? No big deal. But before we jump into everything that went into creating the line specifically, I want to spend some time for our listeners to just get to know you. Obviously, we know you as an actress, producer, director, but I'm curious, Do you did you know early on that you had this sort of like entrepreneurial bug, entrepreneurial spirit, or did this just kind of fall into your lap? You know, it's really funny. I never thought that I did. I never considered myself a business person, but I remember in the 90s, because I am old, 
in the 90s, mid 90s, I was living in New York, maybe maybe around 92, 93. And my dad had posed a question to me. And I have no idea if it was just purely theoretical or not, because what would you do with $200,000? And I was like, free and clear, tax-free. He said, yeah, I go, let me think about it. Thought about it, come back. And I was like, okay, there's two things I would do. Remember, this is 93. I was like, I would buy a brownstone in the West Village, which you could do back then for $200,000. And I would live on the ground floor and I would rent out the other floors. And he said, that's a ridiculous idea. And then the other one, I was like, there's this whole thing about coffee and it's getting really big. And I had gotten in touch with Pete's because I thought, I was still thought like we would roast the beans in house and we would charge $4 for a cup of coffee. My dad said, no one will ever pay $4 for a cup of coffee. It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> so, I'm like, are you kidding me? I would be a mogul right yeah, now. Yeah. Long so story short, you could have in invented mind, Starbucks. <laughs> I could have invented Starbucks. Starbucks already existed, but I didn't know it was still really just in Small. Seattle. But I think my instinct was right. Trusting your instinct and then following through on it with your money is terrifying. So mm-hmm. it's one thing to be like, I could have done that. It's like watching Jeopardy. You know, you're like, I could have answered that. But then when you're there with the buzzer, you're like, mm, maybe I'm, you know, you're afraid to put yourself on the line. 100%. I always say a lot of people have really great ideas. It's the people who execute them are the ones that are the successful ones because that's the hardest part, right? Is going from idea to execution. So Let's talk a little bit about that. What was the moment you realized that there was a need for this brand? And like, what were the steps you took to make it come to life? Well, my partner, Jill Byron, who's the other JB of JB Scrub, and I are moms together or were at an elementary school. And we had between us five boys. And we were just talking at it like a kid's party. And going, I was like, God, they're starting to smell and they're so gross. And then I'd had, I'd hired a Manny that summer just for fun. A friend of mine from college's son worked for us and he used the product that shall not be named. I, I don't want to say its name because I don't want to say anything negative because I'm about to trash them, but it's a body spray that promises you, you know, sex and money. If you just spray it on your body and <laughs> totally. it smells like napalm and I never smelled anything like it. And I was like, is that what we're going to? Is that all they've got? And Jill came from a background at Condé Nast and had much more of an understanding of consumer goods. And she said, well, why don't we make something? I was like, no, no. But she just, she's very quiet and methodical. I'm much more, obviously, more of the loose cannon. But once she got me on board and we just, we talked it through and talked it through and she said, I know how to do this and we're not doing it alone. We hired people who would help us through the, process of going to the lab and the factory and all that stuff. But now, now we're really just out there and it's a little bit terrifying, but I knew that there was a need is the short answer. I knew there was a need in the market because my boys would go into the bathroom and come out dirtier than they went in. Oh, totally. And I think about the beauty industry as a whole and everything. And you think of women or younger girls or or older women, like we're constantly being advertised to for beauty products, but like boys, like such an underserved, undertapped market. So what role did your own boys play? Like, were they, you know, guinea pigs for the line? Like, how did they get involved in the testing of it? They are and were and still are super involved. Like when we're doing social media campaigns, because we're just, it's just me and, and Jill. And we have another silent partner, Rachel, who is not a mom, but 
is lives in our lives. It's our money. We have nobody else funding us. We don't have any secret backers. So everything we do, we try to be as scrappy and thoughtful and as smart with a nickel as we can be. So we're coming up with social media ideas and the kids are helping. They, they are doing a lot of the filming. Yeah, for, they're the like, experts. TikToks and all that <laughs> stuff. Yeah, they're the experts. But going back in time, yes, absolutely. We brought them every every single thing we tested on ourselves, on the kids. They didn't like this smell. We had to pivot. They didn't want a bottle that had a sticker on it. They're like, no, it has to be one color. That is like, <laughs> that is in the biggest nightmare coming up with bottles that are just one color. And we also though wanted them to be post-consumer recycled materials as, as much as possible. So finding that was really, really challenging, but they were like, mom, it's way cooler. It's just way cooler. And I think that has paid off. They were, they pointed us in a direction and I do think that our packaging has been stellar. As far as the product itself, we, they tested every single thing. We had some losers along the way. We had some ones that was, did not make the cut. Pre, some kids had skin reactions, something smelled bad, things that didn't have a good shelf life, but the kids were involved in every step of the way. I love it. It's like you have this unofficial focus group just constantly working for you, which is great. They're, your, oh, yeah. they're the audience. Obviously, the moms buying the products are the audience as well, which you have that unlocked. So it's kind of an amazing marketing strategy. Honestly, I love it. So tell us about the first product. Like, What was the first product you worked on when building the business and what went into making it and perfecting it? I know you talked a little bit about like there was some like losers along the way, which is great because you know people never talk about that, but obviously it happened. So tell us a little bit about the first product you made. The first product that we started working on because of my experience with the Manny and the body spray that was like napalm, we wanted to create a body spray that was all botanical and clean that was not necessarily meant as like a perfume sort of to cover odors, but something that would actually sort of help to kill germs, but offer a light sense. We were like, maybe if we just introduce something else to them, because there's nothing else out there. It's just man, like man napalm. And that's that's all that they've got. So, and all of them, I've smelled all of them. They're all variations on napalm, like cedarwood napalm, you know, fresh woods napalm, sage napalm. They're, They're horrible. So we thought, why don't we introduce something that's, that's a little bit more clean, fresh smelling. They can like chuck in their bag and spray between like PE class or whatever. That was sort of the first one we started working on. But then when we were launching, we realized it was harder to talk about because people sort of can't get their brain around it. And therefore the body wash really became our hero product. It's very easy to understand. You go body wash, got it. It's much easier sort of way into our, our product line. But that was the, we started with the spray, went to the body wash, and then we worked on moisturizer, which was shockingly difficult to find one that would really disappear that the kids would wear. And they like, they will wear it. It's not greasy. Oh, and then the epic adventure of toner pads. <laughs> <laughs> there, it's really, it's, it's an adventure to find. I was stuck in Canada. I was doing a movie during COVID and we, I was locked down. I couldn't leave. So we're developing over Zoom. And I'm talking to Jill every day and she's sending me FedEx, like different toner pads to try and I'm getting them confused and I'm trying them. It was, it was as, as challenging a development process as you could get. And we just thought, what else are we doing right now? Nothing. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. 
Amazing. So you guys started this concept probably in the making for how many years before you actually launched? I think our first discussion about it was over three years ago. I know we started getting seriously into the development early COVID. So about about three years ago, February, March of 2020. And it took a long time. You can do it fast, I suppose, if you throw a ton of money at it, but we didn't have a ton of money to throw at it. And we also wanted to be really thoughtful about the packaging and then, and obviously what was in every bottle and making sure it was clean and it met like Sephora clean standards. And it was it was way harder than I thought it was. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think, I think that's a tale as old as time though. It, everyone's like, oh, you just launched. Congrats. You that, you know, you did that so quickly. You're like, no, it's been three years in the making. <laughs> yeah. No, it's been three years and a closet full of actual product, you know, soap, body spray, moisturizer that were fails. And then talk about the packaging that were fails. It just, you know, it's, it's, it's an endless process, but luckily it's a little bit like, like a marriage, you know, only one person gets to be exhausted and go, I can't do it anymore at a time. If you luckily Jill and I have not both ever said that at the same time. So yes. somebody keeps going. That's the key. That's the key. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the packaging and the marketing because the packaging is very Gen Z. It's super fun. It's bright. You know, it, it's, it's really cool. And I, I love that. It's really this kind of, you know, gender neutral skewing towards, you know, young teenage teenage boys, which is really fun and like really exciting, but also like a whole new world of marketing for you. Like you are trying to reach obviously your end consumer, which is essentially your kids, but also the moms that are buying the products for them. So when it came to the marketing strategy, what were you guys sort of looking at? Was like TikTok on the radar? Like how are you guys sort of thinking about marketing in general? Well, when we started this, first of all, the the financial world was in a different place. You know, February, 2020, the cost of acquisition of a customer, the cost to acquire and keep one was much, much lower. Also, Apple, whom I really like, and I use all of all my products are Apple products, you know, started having the opt out of selling your personal information, which makes it much harder to get acquire new customers. So Starting this, we had a completely different idea about how easy it would be to capture and grow a customer base. As we then came to launch, and the cost had almost doubled, I think. Jill is much better with the specific numbers. And we started talking about how we were going to market. We always knew it had to be a dual strategy. We knew we had to talk to the moms because they're the ones with the wallets. And we wanted to make sure that the products were clean and botanical and, and there was nothing irritating and were dermatologists approved, pediatrician approved. But the kids, we wanted them to just see the bottle and go, that's cool. I want that. So now as we start to market it, honestly, TikTok did not, wasn't really on anybody's radar that much. But then during COVID, obviously it became massive. So Luckily, it's cheap to make TikToks. As a matter of fact, I, just through trial and error, we've discovered that kids and don't like TikToks that look expensive or that are trying to sell them something. Totally. It's they want something that so feels weird. really organic. You know, like me standing there with a sign of hair, you know, talking to Harry Styles will get 10 million views. And that was just for funsies. Yeah. And like, there's no lighting, there's no production value. Well, I'll try and do something else with a lot of production value. Nobody, nobody Hates cares. It. Hates it. So for marketing, luckily it's 
you just have, there is trial and error and we see what, what hits, especially with the kids. We kind of figure out what hits with the moms. And that does seem to be more about me talking frankly about how gross boys are, but kids don't want to hear that. You know, yeah. what's going to show up in a kid's feed. So we are, st- we have been rolling out things like based on memes, Brianna at the Super Bowl, the Barbie dolls, Barbie dogs, sorry, dolls, the Barbie dogs. I don't know if you know what that is. They're like dancing dogs from Megan. We've been doing lots of things that are more based on what's trending. Yeah. And we were seeing how those catch fire with the boys yeah. themselves and the, and the, and the girls, but, but the younger kids, a lot of it is being on top of the trends and reacting quickly. Um, you know, because it's like, what's the cool new thing? What's the cool new thing? And having to really like go from there. But what I do love about the brand beyond, like I was saying earlier, the colors are really energetic. The brand is super fun, but it's also funny. So you have the tagline on all the bottles that says pits, nuts, and butts dead. How are you trying to strike a tone between cheeky and educational? Like, how did you come up with the voice of the brand? Well, I I mean, like I said, we are, we are discovering all this in real time. And the great thing about our our packaging, we wanted it to be speaking to mostly it was inspired by our boys, but obviously, like you said, women, non-binary young women, anybody can use it, but we wanted them to look at the packaging and not see writing, 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 writing. Because no one, no one reads that. We have what we have to have legally and we have it clearly. We have the ingredients. But then after that, we wanted to just say, this is how you use it. Pump twice, put on face, rinse off. Yeah. That kind of a direction. And with the body wash, I was, one of the names that I had pitched was Pits Nuts Butts because that's what I always say to my kids, genuinely. Because there's a day they just closed the bathroom door and they start coming out dirtier and you're like, what's happening? What's in going there? on in there? Yeah. And you're like, there's, there's a, a myth that if you put a dollop of shampoo on your head, the water will like, it will magically infuse all of your cracks and crevices and get you clean. So I used to every now and again, yell at the door, pits, nuts, buds. We decided that was a little aggressive for a product name, but we did put it on the body wash and we discovered that it really seems to appeal to the moms in the marketing. They get it. And the kids think it's so far the reaction we're getting. The kids think it's funny that the, you know, that I'm being a little bit gross, but most of all, it's also, it is getting the message in there. Right. Like, like you're laughing. You're like, Oh my God, she's in pit sets, but you're in the shower. You go, Hey, yeah. Pit? Oh, uh- oh. <laughs> right. It's getting in there. <laughs> I love it. It's, it's informative and hilarious at the same time. So we, we love that. Well, I love that you and your friend did this together and it sounds like you have like a silent partner too, as well. So let's talk about that because I think, you know, it's really challenging to find co-founders, partners, especially people who are existing mm-hmm. in your life. It really is this art and science of like, what are you doing? What am I doing? How are we working together? So how did you meet Jill Byron? to begin with? And how did you guys know that you would have a successful partnership? And what were those early conversations like? Well, I met her because we were moms at the same school. One, my twins and her younger son were in the same class together for seven years. And she was always the, listen, you can have a lot of drama with moms. Anybody's ever been you know, at a playground, at a school, at a party. And Jill was never a drama person. She was always the chill one. She always sort of, she was thoughtful. She never got involved in 
in any sort of gossip or drama. So I was always sort of drawn to her. And I'd find myself sitting next to her at a soccer game or a flag football game. And I always found her just sort of really the opposite of me. She always thought before she spoke. She was always positive. And I was just like, brrrr. So I knew when we came up with the idea and we thought we'd work together, I was like, this, this is going to work well because we balance each other really well. I can't, I, this isn't my only job. I'm still doing all my other things. And yet this is a, my passion and I wanted to succeed so I can be here fully for spurts. And she is like, I'm the hare and she's the tortoise. And she is in there just moving along. So I would have to say, when looking for a partner, I couldn't have planned it better. I didn't plan it. But to have someone who is the opposite of you, who fills in where you lack and and complements your strengths and your weakness as well, is the best thing. Because otherwise, two, two of me would be horrible. And two of her might be too thoughtful. I don't know. Totally. I, I, you know, it, it's I don't like- want to say anything bad about Jill. But yeah. Yeah, it's good. I think like that's always the advice I give too is like you really need to skill sets, personality types, like whatever it is, because there needs to be that constant balance happening as you're like building a company. Because to your point, too much is too much and too little is too little. So it's like yeah. hard to find that that balance. So what yeah. advice would you give to people like looking at, you know, starting the company with your friends, like how you're able to delineate between friendship and professionals? Because I feel like sometimes that also is scary for people who start businesses with like a bestie and then, you know, it doesn't work out. Do you have any tips? Well, I, like I said, with when it came to Jill, I was never much of for socializing within the, the school scene. I First of all, I was working full time and couldn't be around much. So when I was there, I was focused on the kids. Like if I made it to the assembly or the game or whatever, I really wanted to you know, cheer on every goal. So I didn't have a lot of extra time for socializing with a lot of the moms. And I both regretted that. And also it turned out to be really positive for our partnership. Mm. I don't know a ton about her. She's not my best friend. We're not yeah. like in each other's pockets. We work really well together. We care about each other and each other's kids, but we don't get into the minutia of each other's lives. There is a healthy amount of space, which I think is absolutely necessary if you're getting into this kind of funky long-term marriage. Totally. Yeah. And that's what it is. It is truly like a long-term marriage. So having those boundaries in place is like really important. So currently JB Scrub is completely bootstrapped by you, your partner. What is the long-term vision? Do you see expansion into other service lines? Are you looking to go out and potentially raise money? Like what is the big vision for the brand? We definitely, well, we were about to go out and start doing our first round of fundraising just in the fall. And then we realized, oh my God, we are going to make it to launch without any outside funding. And if we're this close, we may as well do it. And then everybody wants to now see, okay, so how are you going to do through Q1, Q2? How are you going to do through this whole first year? So we definitely want and need outside funding while we are also selling product, which is great. And we will do that, but we're discovering you have to now have numbers. You know, it's not enough to just you projected numbers, but now that we're actually, you can actually buy us at jbscrub.com. That's with a K, by the way. There is, you know, investors want to see actual returns. They want to see how you're doing. As far as where we see ourselves going over the next 18 months, I think our strategy right now is to go into some brick and mortar 
on a small scale, because if we do it locally, if we do it in LA, if we go to key places, we can then see even more, have even more metrics for how we do. Oh, we did this well in Brentwood. We do really well in Los Feliz. We did this well in East Los Angeles. And then try to parlay that when you're talking to Target or Sephora and actually get better shelf placement. Yeah, totally. So that's, and, and obviously, yes. So, I, and I answered the second question in there is, yes, of course, we hope to be in Sephora, Target, big places like that in the next 18 months or so. Yeah. But it's it's an adventure. It changes every day. It is an adventure. And that's a good point too. To your point, you know, when you get to the place of being able to launch without needing the funding, it's like, it is a double-edged sword in some way, because as soon as you launch, your company immediately is more valuable, right? So your valuation's higher. You're able to go out with a little bit more control in that fundraising process, but then you also are up to the market of like how it actually performs. But it's, it's a really good point and a really good, interesting kind of insight into where you guys are at and like how you're thinking about it. But that's that's really fun. And definitely, I think, you know, for an investor looking at this market, it's just wide open. So it's it's a really exciting, you know, product that you don't hear about all the time. You know, like a, a beauty brand is a dime a dozen, but this is something that's really targeted, which is really, really cool. So congratulations. So let's thank end, you. Yeah. Let's end with some sentence finishers. Ready? Here we go. Twe- yeah. Tween boys smell like stale sneakers. Mm. Best advice for moms of tween boys. Lower your standards, but not too low. Don't forget your standards, but lower your standards. Best advice for people who are scared to start a business. Oof. Listen to your gut. If you're scared, there might be a reason and you need to examine it. Do you not have any funding or backing? What are the realistic things that are scaring you? And look at them in the eye. Are they surmountable or not? Because sometimes being scared is it's good. It's warning us that maybe we shouldn't be doing something, but if it's just a matter of, Oh, it's going to be a lot of work and I'm not sure I know how to do this. You can get over that. Yes, absolutely. The aspect of my work that feels most like a party is. Oh my gosh. Well, ever since COVID, of course, everybody worked from home and I run my, I've got a very small production company called Bowen and Sons that I run out of my home. And those women have taken on JB scrub as one of their projects. And that every day feels like a party. I mean, they are here every day. There's one, two, three women here. And then the best part is that when the kids come home at the end of the day and we just hang out and they all know my kids and my kids love them. And I said, somebody's asked, who are those women in the house? And one of my kids goes, oh, those are my other moms. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Yeah, no, especially coming off, like to your point, being pretty isolated. It's nice to have that sense of community in your work and in your life. So I love that. Well, can you tell yeah. everyone where they can find the products, buy the products, follow you on social media and learn more about JB Scrubs? Well, we are, I'm on The Real Julie Bowen on Instagram and TikTok. But JB Scrub also has its own socials, just JB Scrub, J, capital J, capital B. And then Scrub is with a K. Just remember that. And jbscrub.com, you can buy our products. We're learning so much. Apparently, you can click through from Instagram. We haven't set that up yet. But by the time this is out to your listeners, we probably will have You can shop on Instagram. We are holding you accountable to make it happen. (laughs) I'm going to do my very best. Amazing. Thank you so much, Julie. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're a delight. Yay. Oh, that was so fun. Awesome. 
For more inspiring conversations like this one, follow the Work Party Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to rate and review us or show us some love on social. We love seeing you tune in every week and share your favorite episodes. We're at Work Party on Instagram and at It's a Work Party on Facebook and Twitter. I'm your host, Jacqueline Johnson, and this is Work Party. <laughs>